$700,000 in scholarship money. Is that far-fetched? Today's guest, Pam Andrews, shares her five-part process, which helped her secure this amount of money for her son and so much more. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Hola, hola, bienvenida. Welcome. This is Jen Hempel, your host, and I am very grateful you are here. The comments I have been getting from you on how this podcast has helped you and how you have been binge listening means a ton to me. I have a fantastic guest for you today. And if you have kids, really, it doesn't matter what age they are at and you're contemplating how college will be paid for, this episode is for you. The amount of student loan debt is way higher than it should be. And as a parent, we want to do everything in our power to help our kids avoid that student debt if they decide to pursue college. In today's episode, you're going to learn the lesson she learned from making decisions based solely on security and what emerged from it. You're going to learn the four layers to her process in helping students not just get scholarships, but get accepted into the colleges of their choice. And you're going to learn the three tips you can implement towards helping your child when it comes to college costs and the mistake to avoid that will save you money and tears when seeking that funding for college. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Pam Andrews. She is a college admissions coach and scholarship strategist. Her focus is not just helping high school students get into college, but secure scholarships that will pay for it. She has authored a teen's guide to college admissions and scholarship search secrets and is a creator of In Pursuit of College, a board game that teaches students about college admissions process. Pam is also the host of the Scholarship Shark podcast. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer a Pam. Let's go meet Pam. Bienvenida, Pam, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Thank you for having me. Uy, me hablaste en español. Muy bien. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) you're like, okay, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. So, Pam, I am really excited about this interview with you because it's something that with your skill set and what you do is something that's been on my mind, scholarships, and especially with having a freshman in high school and, you know, we're thinking about college and the cost of college. So I'm definitely excited to dive into that. But before we do that, I we I wanted to ask you about your money story. How did you grow up around money? What did you see? What did you experience? 
Sure. So I actually grew up in a single parent household. Uh, my parents were divorced. They divorced when I was very young, but I grew up with education just being really important. My mom is a retired teacher. so She had her master's and she was the head of the department chair. She actually taught at the high school where I attended. So that wasn't too much fun in high school, you know, having your mom like down one wing knowing, you know, she's not too far. So, but in terms of money, I grew up where I think the one word I could use to really describe would be safe, you know, pick a career where you can get a job. I grew up hearing that a lot um, because one thing my mom shared with me that she chose education because she said, really, my options were either education, being a teacher, being a nurse. And she said, you know, I didn't like blood. So I chose teaching, you know, she chose the teaching profession. And so I kind of went down that same path. I was very strong in math and science. And um, I went into engineering, I got my undergraduate degrees in engineering. But I knew, honestly, I knew after my first internship, and that was my sophomore year, I said, "I, I don't think I like this, but I felt trapped. I felt like, I had already started. I already had student loan debt. You might as well finish because otherwise, you know, you're going to be starting all over if you do something else. And so I finished. I graduated and worked on a job that I did not like. So uh, when it comes to my money story, I think we made decisions around security and trying to feel safe. But it was somewhat a, a false sense, because if, if you're doing something you don't love, you know, or there's no interest, no passion or, you know, what good is it? And so I think that's probably one of the reasons why I parent the way that I do. My oldest is in art school. Mm-hmm. He loves art, very gifted artist. He's a second year illustration major minoring in visual development. So awesome. And uh, yeah, his, his, his dream job, he has two places, Marvel Entertainment. He would love to be a graphic novelist for Marvel, of course. Uh-huh. And, then he, and then he loves Pixar. So he would love to be a storyboard artist or concept artist for Pixar. Love it. Yeah. So, but I just, pushed early on, you know, and you hear the myth of or you hear about starving artists and all that. And people are like, Oh, my goodness, he's not going to get a job. But I'm like, no, that's not true. You know, art is everywhere. But mm-hmm. I knew it was just so important as a mom to support the interest and to say, Okay, what is it that you love? You know, how can we develop this gift? So when it comes to my money story, it was a lot of never really pursuing your passion. I will tell you this, my passion, I really wanted to be a dancer an Alvin Ailey dancer. Which we I have so much in common. And I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Oh, really? Well, I didn't necessarily have the skills like that skill level, but I really wanted to be a dancer. I'm like, I just want to dance. And so I'll tell you this funny part. So goodness, it was years ago when Zumba Fitness came out. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Zumba Fitness, but Mm -hmm. I actually became a Zumba Fitness instructor 11 years ago now and and like introduced it in our area because it wasn't here yet. And I absolutely loved it. So even though I'm in the front leading a safe, effective workout, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> you're dancing. <laughs> I'm dancing. I loved it. So I'm like, yeah, so that was my dance bit for a bit. So that is so amazing. Like, seriously, we have so much in common with our stories <laughs> as well, because I also grew up in a household where you pick a degree that's safe or that you can have a job. In essence, in our family growing up, it was engineering, doctor, teaching, that type of thing was based basically like what you had to work with. Not, and, and I can't say that they pushed that, but that was what you knew. So when I started college, I was going to be a dentist until I figured out or I realized that not all mouths are created equal. <laughs> and I realized that I don't have a good stomach. So if I had to look at a mouth that had a lot of issues and problems, 
that wasn't going to go well. So I had to change that. And then it's funny you mentioned the dancer because that's what I wanted to be when I was little. Yes. I was that kid that when growing up in Colombia, my parents, they had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. They had a discotheque aging myself here, um, <laughs> a club nowadays, but it was a discotheque then. And I would sneak down to dance because that's what I wanted to do. And then I only, because of lack of money, I remember having one jazz class, but that's it. Uh, so I went to college and I danced away all the time. Anytime I get a chance, I'm dancing. So I'm there with, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so much in common. I love it. Now and today, you are helping other families in securing scholarships, but there's so much more to that. So tell me, why did you decide to pursue this career in helping families obtaining scholarships, helping their kids get into the college of their dreams and so forth. Sure, absolutely. So it actually started years ago in our my local area when my husband and I first met. I met my husband in, through church, through our church's youth group. He was the youth pastor at the time. And so I would work with the students. I was scheduling college tours right out of college. I did that because I just understood the importance of exposure. And so I just would underwrite a lot of the costs on my own and take them spring break and all that good stuff and just make sure that kids understood the process and the paperwork and the path forward. And so then now fast forward to now, my, so my oldest is 20, he's a sophomore in college. So a few years prior, I, I did formalize a little bit more because I had worked with a few students who had gotten in and gotten it paid for. And so um, I told my son, if you will work with me, I know exactly what you need to do to make it happen. And he listened. Of course, he didn't have much of a choice because I'm his mama. So he had to listen. (laughs) At the end of the day, I'm the mama. So, you know, and so he did. And so it really launched more into a business at that point, because after he won, I started getting a lot of questions, even more from people you know, how do I do this? How do I make it happen? So I started with a book first and then kind of moved more from the book to the private coaching because people had more specific questions or, you know, moms either didn't want to do it or didn't feel like they had the expertise to kind of move their students through the process. So that's pretty much how I did it. I love, I love, love, love working with young people and I love developing and helping to shape young leaders. I really see what I do as somewhat as a leadership model or leadership program Mm -hmm. only because I I firmly believe we do not want our young people starting their lives off with massive amount of debt. You know, I tell them, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I need you to, you know, go and master your craft and, and learn all that you can in community and grow and get it so that you can do what you need to do in four years or six years, however long your program is, because we need you, whether you're leading in politics or education or law or medicine or whatever. And so that's pretty much how I got started and a little bit of kind of why I do what I do. So, right. And then with what you do, because you and I have talked offline, it's not like you send them to some scholarships to apply. You have a process and there's a reason behind your process. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So, of course, I mentioned earlier that my undergraduate degree is in engineering, in electrical engineering. So I'm a very linear, very systems <laughs> person. <laughs> I'm a very step-by-step-by-step thinker, which is good. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. But, um, you know, in the household, I'm like, okay, step one, step two. But what I found in working with students, a couple of things. Number one, I found that there is a process and it's a little bit more, for lack of better words, a little bit more scientific than artistic, a little bit more science and art. Like you can not necessarily predict the outcome or control the outcome, but there are some things that you can consistently do right to 
greatly improve your odds. So it's not like, okay, let's just throw some darts on the board and see if and where they stick. So that's number one. And then number two, what high achieving students look like. And so I've been able to distill all that down and to help students kind of move in that direction if they're college bound or thinking about it, you know, what are some of the pieces that I need to have in place to do that? So I definitely have a process. So of course, my business is the scholarship shark. And my process, I have it in the form of an iceberg. And so above the water, you know, if you think of an iceberg, like a triangle and up top, it's small. And that's kind of the part that we see. But under the surface, those are the pieces that we don't see. So there are four parts and they're not necessarily in sequential order because they all work together. So at the very bottom is mindset. And I love it. I love, love, love everything about your podcast. And, you know, because you deal a lot with mindset, but it really does. It starts early with our young people. You know, one of the exercises that we do early on where I have them visualize and they write their high school, kind of like their program or if they're valedictorian or, you know, what would you read? What would be read about you? What would be said about you? Or, you know, kind of let's fast forward to the future. And sometimes they're, they're afraid to dream big. They're afraid to say Jane Doe is the winner of, you know, XYZ University's full tuition scholarship for da, da, da. like they they play small and I'm like, we're dreaming here. Okay. <laughs> you, you can go bigger. <laughs> what do you want? You know, what kind of impact do you want to have? What do you want to, you know, what kind of influence? So it's really interesting and it's almost heartbreaking that early on so young that they've either been told, you know, you can't have this or it's out of reach or, you know, unless you're a straight A student with a perfect GPA or this or that, this will never happen. And so, you know, we have to either I have to walk them through some of the myths, some of the mindset stuff. You know, how do you handle rejection? I have some students who don't do well when they win. They're afraid. What are my friends going to think about me if I win? And, you know, I may not want a press release in the newspaper. I mean, it's interesting, the mindset work that has to constantly be done. So that's kind of at the very bottom. And then the next part is the process. And that's all of the the pieces that go into each year, what has to be done in order to make it happen. Then you have the water level. And then right above that, that's the system. And those are the step by steps that have to be done. And then right on top of the very tip tip top of the iceberg, which is like the point, and it's small, those are the tools. And I, I like to have that visual. And when I talk with families or share my process, you know, a lot of times people ask me, they'll say, oh, so what were the websites you went to? Or what were the scholarships your son won? And I say, you know, those are the tools. Those are at the very top. <laughs> and I can give you those. But unless you've got all these other pieces, you know, in place, and you're thinking about it, it really doesn't matter. So I, I, you know, good. I'm, yeah, I'm processed. Tell me, what was your thinking? You know, even for parents, you know, how do I operate called, you know, my mom's shark moms, you know, but how do you know, what are the characteristics of a shark mom? And what do we need to do to allow our kids to grow? And because we have concerns at the end of the day, Jen, we don't want, you know, no one wants their kid living in the basement because they didn't do well in school. So, you know, so we just kind of have to unpack our fears and our concerns and even some mindset things that we may be dealing with. So again, at the very top of my process are the tools. And, you know, and those are all the pieces that you use to pull it together to make it make it all work. Love this. Love this. So for those of us like maybe have kids in high school like me, what would you say would be your best three tips or maybe the best three action steps that someone listening right at this very moment could do right now? Because I know you've talked about or maybe even four if, if you want to tie it in to that pyramid you were just talking about. So what would you say would be the top three or four? Yeah, it's, it's funny you said that. Okay, because you totally didn't know this, but I actually have three. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <And they'll>, yeah. <laughs> 
And they'll be so easy to remember because it's like SOS. So, you know, before you hit that iceberg, you're crying out for help. (laughs) And so if you think of SOS, you know, it makes it so easy to remember. So the S is strategize. You have to have a strategy in place. That is the very first thing that you have to do. So you have to know exactly where you're going. What's the plan to get there? What do I need to do? So you have to have the strategy in place. And strategy is key in everything, whether you're running a business or I don't know, I even run my home somewhat with a strategy. You know, I know on (laughs) somewhat, somewhat, you know, but on days when we're late, you know, late nights for dance, like, okay, the meal's done. And, you know, I already have the crock pot going, you know, so there's like an overall kind of what needs to be done. So the first S is strategize, have an overall strategy. The second letter O is organize. You have to be incredibly organized because for one thing, our kids are so busy. And it doesn't get any easier in college. And so I, one of the tips, I think if early on kids understand time management, study skills, organization skills, and then just some of the tools and the, you know, the pieces that you need to make this process work, it's going to go a long way. And here's the other beauty. Now, my son is a sophomore, so we're working on now his summer internships and kind of what does that look like and where are you going to live and, and all that. These are skills that go beyond getting into school and winning scholarships to pay for it. You know, I I look at the way he now organizes himself in terms of his resume and his cover letter and, you know, connecting on LinkedIn and all that takes place with maintaining a certain GPA because he has to maintain that to maintain his scholarships. I'm like, wow. And and he's an art kid. So he's, (laughs) you know, his brain does not work like mine. We are like night and day. (laughs) Engineer and then creative. yeah, Yeah. So, you know, having, you know, when you know when something's organized and it's in place and you know exactly, it makes all the difference. So that's the O. And then the third step is systematize. And that those are really the step by step by step. You know, what do I need to do? Step one, step two, step three. And, you know, sometimes it's rinse and repeat and sometimes, okay, let's do this. So when you know what those steps are, it just makes the entire process much easier. Because I I like to let students know, really be prepared for the long haul. So, you know, okay, if you win a you know, a full ride while you're in high school, fantastic. But let's be prepared. Let's get the systems in place. Let's get organized where we treat this like a club or a part-time job or a class. And, you know, once a week or twice a week for an hour and a half or an hour, you're saying, I am working on, you know, applying for scholarships because, you know, I need to do this, this all the way through. But it makes it so much easier when they have those three pieces in place. Because number one, they know what they're working towards. It's organized and they know exactly how to do it. Right. I love this. And like I've told you, you are just a gem because (laughs) you seriously, seriously are. And what divine timing that we got connected just because these things have been on my mind with my, with my oldest son. And so glad that we, we've, we're connected because we want, we want you to help us. (laughs) Now, (laughs) you also have, you shared before we hit record that you have created a game, a board game to help really understand the admission process to college. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So it's called In Pursuit of College. And it's um, for kids ages 12 and up. And so if you envision it's a square, giant square. And as you go around, you're completing because I want them to understand that there's time, you know, from ninth grade to 10th grade, 11th and 12th. And so as you go before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal. I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Around 
you earn your GPA, you can land on one of four cards, choices, events, scholarships, and questions. There are over $100,000 in actual scholarships. So I actually use real scholarships on the cards. But the whole, the purpose of the game, the objective is to graduate from high school with enough money to pay for at least one year's of college at the, at the dream school card that you pick. So in the beginning, you'll pick your dream college card. So you'll win enough money to cover at least one year's cost of attendance at your dream school. And it happens again, you know, where you land and then the card you pick. But, you know, it just helps them realize like, oh, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't take the SAT or whatever, or I did go to the college fair. So you can uh, get higher points or have points deducted and then scholarships, you can get money for the scholarships. And and again, if if all you do is just pull it out (laughs) and say, okay, go through these scholarships and let's see. Because I put the name, the dollar amount, and the website on there because, again, I'm a mom and I'm double dipping. <laughs> you know? like, hey, if you're going to play, you might as well like. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Pull out those cards and go to the website. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's a part of it. Another fun, fun fact. I named each of the dream schools after my current clients this year. And I, I think I'm going to do that every year. So I'm going to have like. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> So for instance, I'm working with a young man in Florida. His first name is Tyler and he wants to major in computer engineering. Uh-huh. And, and I had, so each, they have their little logo. I had a logo made and I had words to describe them. So built in either in Latin or kind of English and his were perseverance and something else I can't remember. But, and so his school is Tyler Tech. And so <laughs> Tyler Tech, yeah. And so, and cause he's going to Georgia Tech in the fall. <laughs> oh, that is so, so fun. I, That's so I, yeah. much fun. I love it something different that if you know it's one of those things if all you know I open it and I'm I'm the only one who knows and the students you know I'm like okay this will be fun between us but yeah that's kind of a fun thing so and I included knowing where they're going I included stats from that particular school for the cost of attendance and you know some of the other things on that dream college card so yeah so the game has definitions it has the rules because I want them to learn you know to understand words like cost of attendance and college fair and I don't know, just all the verbiage, because language is important. The more Mm -hmm. you hear it and you get immersed in it early, the easier it becomes in terms of thinking, you know, kind of becoming college ready. And you're like, oh, okay, so, oh, if I do this, then this can happen. And so that's what I wanted to create with this game. And again, this is all a part of mindset and just Mm -hmm. a fun fun kind of creative way. So love it. And so how did you decide to do this game? And how long did it take to create? Because I've never created a board game, but I would (laughs) imagine that's a lot of work and thought process of like, if they fall on this board piece, like, I I don't know, take us through that. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of if thens and all that fun stuff. We're, we're a big board game family. Like we have in our basement, we have books on the top shelf and then the bottom, like stacks of board, all kinds of board games, like geography and just you name it, all kinds of. So we're a big board game family. So I actually played it first with my kids. I, I taped together large pieces of paper and used just found pieces and parts. And we own a couple of money kind of, kit, you know, money mindset with other mindset games I call. And so I understood kind of the concept where you're working through it and you're thinking. But um, after just playing it a couple of times, my kids, I thought, oh, my word, this is kind of fun. <laughs> and so then I just, you know, you do what you do, which is Google. G- Google is your friend. And right. then you figure it, yeah, and you Google it and you're like, OK, so how do I create a board game? The beauty of it is my son is in art school. So I reached out to him. I'm like, um, you know, because I know one of the recruiters on his campus is Hasbro. So I'm like, hey, I need you to find this out. Like, what are some of the steps to do this? And so it was just a lot of the research and pulling it together. 
But mapping it out, if anyone's thinking about a board game, if, you know, I would you lay it out on paper first. You can print like a poster size. So it's paper before you commit to board <laughs> and play it. And I beta tested it with a few uh, students and from different areas, had them give feedback on it and tweaked it from there. And I had my kids play it. We still play it and enjoy it. And, and it's funny because my husband plays it. He gets so confused by it. I'm like, honey, it's just okay. <laughs> That is so funny. That is so funny. I love it. I'm like, ah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. And then you have it made, you know, manufactured like anything else and shipped. So, yeah. I am sure you and Joe Salci High have had some conversations from the Stacking Benjamins. (laughs) (laughs) He's another avid board game lover. It's it's funny. That's how we connected over the board game. Like, yeah, we were. That is so funny. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, you do such fantastic work, Pam. And I'm curious. So over the course of time with the clients that you have helped, what would you say is an average amount of scholarships? Because I'm sure it varies from client to client, where, you know, what their aspirations are, where they want to go to school. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of factors. So I, um, when I walk students through the entire process, I use a cake to kind of describe it. So kind of, you have two layers of a cake, layer one, layer two. So layer one is institutional aid. And that's the money that you're going to get at the school. And different schools have different eligibility requirements, um, different scholarships. Some are more generous than others. So, so that's the institutional aid. You can only use that at the school. Then layer two, what you want to add on is money. That's private money. That's Coca-Cola or Nike, Foot Locker, um, the Elks Club, Rotary, your credit union, your bank, maybe your grocery store. So that's private money that goes with you no matter where you go. So when I work with students, we do two things. So I always tell them, number one, we don't just focus on getting in. We want to focus on getting it paid for. So you want to find out not what's just the entrance requirements are. I tell them those are low standards. You don't want to get in. We want to go after the money. So let's find out what it takes to get in and get it paid for. So we target that so that they're you know, getting the most merit aid that they can possibly get. But then number two, with the private money. So early on, so I have clients in the 10th grade now, they're working on applying for scholarships. But there's, of course, is private money. So it, you know, it's because they're not at the point where they're applying to college, if that makes sense. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So I said all that to say, on average, it's, it's about 70%. And the reason why I say that, I know a lot of times people will hear the money that my son won and they're like, whoa, oh my goodness, it's funny. His roommate, his roommate uh, last year, I love Nick. His roommate said, Mrs. Andrews, he called me one day on myself. He said, where's this extra money that Daryl won? And I said, what do you mean? Because my son won over $700,000 in scholarships. Amazing. And Yeah. And so I explained to him, I said, oh, Nick, oh my goodness. Because I'm working with the students at his school uh, with the private money, private scholarship. And mm-hmm. so I explained to him, okay, so this was where he applied to eight colleges. And at all of the eight schools he won was about 400000 And then the private money was the extra. And so, and I said, there were, you know, requirements for all of that stuff. So I, I say that to say that about 70%, because to me, I'm, I'm working with a student right now, she's about to graduate, but if all you need is 10,000 mm-hmm. a year and you win a $40,000 scholarship or you win, you know, 5,000 a semester or 10,000, whatever, fantastic. I tell people, don't get so caught up on the 700,000. That is really not impressive. What I want you to understand is that there are two tiers to this big money pie, you know, or cake or whatever. 
And so what you have to, and this is a part of the strategy, which you have to focus on are both layers. And I say this to say, I will never forget. I was watching a television show a couple years back and there were, um, it was a, a young man who he was called like the million dollar scholar or something or other. And he won all this money. To, he applied to like a lot of schools. It was like 24, 30 something. It was this ridiculous number wow. of schools. It was a lot. And he went over a million dollars. But here's here's the kicker. He still had to borrow because he only won maybe 20 here, or 30 there, or whatever, whatever. And he was not guided to then add on top of wherever you go, the private money. And I mm. remember reading that and they did a follow up interview and he, you know, wherever he picked, it didn't, I mean, I don't say it didn't matter, but he still had, because he was doing a GoFundMe on top of it. And I thought, oh my word, like, oh my goodness, I wish I had met you a year ago because you can actually, you know, there's a way to do this. And so, mm. yeah. And so that's why I say whether it's 7,000, if all you need is seven, great. If you need 70, okay, let's work towards that. If you need 700. So yeah, so I like to speak in terms of percentages. So I actually say it's around 70% that they went as a result of working with me. Okay, 70% of the scholarship of the, money that they applied for. Is that no, what I'm, or the, no? No, of the cost of attendance. And so oh, the, the cost, cost of attendance. Okay, right. that's what I didn't understand. Yeah. That, that's a good, yeah. that's a good percentage because uh, mm-hmm. that's 70% that you're not taking out in student loans because that's, I, I'm curious, do you know, because I, I just thought of that, what percentage of students have, you know, whether parents saved up money for them uh, for when they go to college. Um, do you know that's that? Or if I'm just curious. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it varies. So I've talked to a couple of parents um, and, you know, they actually do have money, either money saved or they're willing to take out a parent loan or, you know, which again is mindset shift. I'm like, let's not make the, the debt the default. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, your student is, uh, you know, they've got good grades or this or whatever their accomplishments are. Let's work to getting recognized and compensated for that. So I, in terms of my person, you know, the families with whom I work, I find that they do have the resources to pay if they choose to. I have one mom whom I absolutely love. Her daughter is a sophomore. She says, you know, we can pay for this. It's no big deal. She's I just don't want to. And I'm like, I hear you, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, and you know, she's like, I want her to work towards scholarships and to do well and to get in her top choice. I said, I'm, I'm, let's do this. So I, I think um, cause I know I attend honestly to attract busy moms or, or busy families, you know, families who do what they do, they do it well. And they really either don't want to do this part because they want to, you know, really enjoy it. It, it can be stressful mm-hmm. and it really can be, or they just don't have the confidence. They're not comfortable with doing it. And so, so they would rather just, you know, outsource it and have me do it and just kind of touch base. So, so my, honestly, my clients, I can say I feel like, you know, they could actually pay for it, but choose to work with me to help them get it done. Interesting. uh, I love it. mm -hmm. Awesome, Pam. This has been beyond fantastic. So I really appreciate everything that you shared. For those of you listening for that board game that she talked about, I'll have the link in the show notes, but just in case is the scholarship shark.com forward slash HMM, where you can uh, take a look at that. And Pam, again, thank you so much um, for sharing all your knowledge with us and for doing what you do, because it's such a needed thing, especially in the day of age where student loan debt is just set an all time high. And um, I don't know if an all time high, but it's high. 
<laughs> it's more than it needs to be. Uh, so doing what you do is, is such a huge help for others. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. This was oh, great. It was fun. So I appreciate <laughs> you, everything that you do. And I know we're going to connect again soon. Awesome. I hope that you enjoyed this chat with Pam as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. I'm sure you could tell we basically have hit it off. When I first met her, it was one of those people, you know, you connect with those people and you felt like you've known them your whole life. That has been Pam for me, for sure. Now, before we get into more into my chat with Pam, I wanted to do La Mención Semanal or the weekly shout out. And this week it goes to Christy D. And I'm saying Christy D and you, I don't know if you've noticed, I usually just say the first name and that's on purpose just because I feel like I need to get permission from you to say your full name just for privacy purposes. And I figure with just first names, it's much easier. Anyways, that was a side note. But I, the reason why I wanted to do the shout out for Christy is because honestly, she's been with us for a few months. And huh, Christy, I really want to acknowledge you because in the short time that you've been with us, the amount of support and value you have brought to the group is appreciated. You have not only asked questions others can benefit from, but you have shared and supported others in the process. So thank you. It has not gone unnoticed. Now, as far as today's episode, why I wanted to bring Pam to the show is one, I don't know if you're aware, but the student loan debt has hit the $1.5 trillion mark. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. $1.5 trillion is owed in student loans. That's absolutely crazy. And furthermore, four in 10 people who go to college take out student loans. That's almost half. And that might be, you may be thinking, but it's not more than half, right? But that's significant still because an average new graduate has anywhere between 28,000 to 39,000 in student loans once they graduate. And really the amount that is referenced, it depends on which source you look at. Now, I have worked with clients with student loan balances over $100,000, and I have witnessed the strain this brings on. And you yourself may be dealing with student loans, but if you have a child, our children don't have to. I was one of those fortunate ones that didn't have student loans. My husband, he wasn't so fortunate. And I saw the angst and pain that came with those student loans. Now, if you ask me the reasons for the student loan debt problem, and I'm glad you asked because I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, one of the reasons is simply just not being prepared. Time passes by so fast that you find yourself ready to fill out those college applications, but you also find yourself not having put much thought about how you're going to pay for it, right? But the other part is that I believe that is also important is not having the time or the knowledge about the resources, or maybe we have the knowledge and we have an idea, we just don't have the time, right? So this takes time to do the research for the scholarships. Uh, it takes time to fill out the applications. It literally can be a part-time job. Notice that Pam has a four-part process and oh, you and I are busy enough. And how I see it, 
to really be, I don't know if successful is the word, but, really, but to really take advantage of these resources and this funding, we either have to A, reprioritize our responsibilities, especially when we're busy and give up maybe something else we're doing to take some of, to make sure we can focus on the research and helping our child and filling out the, you know, helping filling out the applications or guiding them, right? Or the other option is to pay someone like Pam to help us. Now that is an, the option that I took. Um, and of course the option is up to you if this is something that um, is a few years away or something that you're thinking about, right? So I hope that you found this episode helpful uh, because really my mission of this podcast is to make sure that you're informed so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. And my mission is to bring on guests that bring on that education and the information that I don't know, <laughs> or maybe I'm, I'm aware of, but they're the experts. Uh, now, Pam has a podcast called The Scholarship Shark that solely focuses on this topic of scholarships, college admissions, which if you are in that point of your life like I am, definitely check it out. As you heard, Pam is fantastic and she is the real deal. You can find the podcast over at thescholarshipshark.com. Now, I will have that link in the show comments as well. And remember, she mentioned her board game, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, you can check that out over at thescholarshipshark.com forward slash HMM. And bonus points if you know what that stands for. <laughs> now, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, I would love to have someone like Pam help me, but honestly, I'm not sure if it's in my budget. Or if the thought of college tuition stresses you out, be sure to download my daily money ritual. It is a simple worksheet that will help you gain clarity, keep you motivated, and lessen that overwhelm so you can focus on what's most important for uh, right now. And that may be helping your child get into college or helping your child obtain those scholarships. This daily money ritual is completely free and you can get your copy over at jenhempel.com forward slash ritual. Now that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Pam Andrews for joining us, for sharing her story and sharing all the goodness that she did. You can check out the show notes on where to find Pam over at jenhempill.com forward slash 149. And don't forget, if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me for you to share this with a friend, a family member, or even a stranger. You just never know when this particular topic or the podcast or another episode that you love will make a difference for them. So thanks again for listening. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.